Welcome to College and Coins, where we learn about college, the process, get in keeping those coins, and everything else in between. Williams, and today we're speaking with Dr. Kia Thomas, creator and founder of Admissionisms, discussing COVID-19 from a professor's perspective. So let's get into it. Hi, Kia. How are you? I am wonderful. Well, considering <laughs> considering all the ups and downs of living in a coronavirus age right now, but yeah, I'm, I'm doing wonderful. I'm very glad to be here with you today. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I'd like for you to tell our audience a little bit about admissionisms and what it is you do. Sure. So my name is Dr. Kia Thomas, and I'm the CEO and founder of Admissionisms. Admissionisms is a boutique college admissions consulting company. I work with high school students who are seeking some help and guidance and navigating through the college admissions process. I work with high school students starting as early as like ninth or 10th grade in order to get them prepared as seamless as possible to reduce the overwhelm in applying to college. So that's what I do through uh, admissionisms. Okay, well, let me let me back up because I know you as Kia, but let me, <clears throat> <laughs> Dr. Kia Thomas, let me put some respect <laughs> on your name. <laughs> Dr. Kia Thomas, appreciate it, sis. <laughs> <laughs> who also works at Broward Community College as a professor. So you can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So I'm actually a... I have a PhD in developmental psychology, which is all about the different ages and and stages in life. So I don't do clinical work, but I am a psychologist. And it was through my work as a psychologist that I first began teaching. So Broward College is located in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. We actually shifted from Broward Community College to Broward College a few years ago. So we do have a number of four-year programs, but the majority of our students are what we call associate degree seeking students. They spend their first two years with us before transferring out to, most of my students transfer out to one of our four-year universities to finish the remainder of their degree. So I have been teaching full-time, full-time faculty member there for almost the past nine years. August will make nine years. I really enjoy teaching and spreading the word about psychology, but most of all, And one of the reasons why I started Admissionisms is simply because I noticed that so many young people are still trying to not only figure out this thing called life, but figure out what it is they want to do in life. They want, they need help and assistance through the transition from high school to college, from from the community college to a four-year university. And interestingly enough, a lot of students started reaching out to me for help. So working at a community college, I see students from all arrays of life. I have everything from high school students who are taking dual enrollment classes who really do need assistance in figuring out which college is the best fit for them and seeking out scholarships, like the traditional college route, all the way up to students who are Um, like second degree seekers. They're changing careers. And so they're back at the community college taking classes to do that. So um, I really found a lot of fulfillment in working with students to help them think through what is the best path for them and to actually help them with the nuts and bolts of doing the work to help them get from A to Z. So that's one of the reasons why I felt so strongly about 
the mission behind admissionisms and one of the reasons why I started doing this work, in addition to teaching, which is my full-time profession. Absolutely, absolutely. And and your work is definitely important, especially in the times that we're in now. So as someone working in that space, how do you think what's going on is going to affect enrollment moving forward? Do you think more students will go this route because their parents have been displaced and the finances won't be there? Or is it just something maybe the students will be a little bit apprehensive about going away because of how things were handled at these universities that they could actually see students were already there? Honestly, I think a little bit of all the above. And let me backtrack a little bit to talk about like what it's like to, to go to school like at a community college, because I find there's a lot of myths and myth- misconceptions. Um, one of the major ones being is that it's not a real college, which is not true. And I've heard people refer to it as 13th grade and like, oh, I want to go off to a real college. We are a real college. And I will say that I'm not just speaking for myself, but as a representative of the, the faculty there, like I find that my colleagues are some of the most passionate about helping students, particularly the student population that we tend to serve which includes not just students who want to stay close from home, but we end up serving a diverse array of students. Like some of our students are low income, of course. Some of them are first generation college students. We have students that like English is not their first language. So I see everything. And I will say that a lot of us who who are faculty at community college are quite a few of us, not myself, but quite a few of my colleagues are actually graduates of the institution that we teach at. So they saw fit to come back once they got their PhDs to come back and to serve students that were just like themselves some years ago. So it is a it is a real college experience. Although, let me say, we also don't have some of the same, you know, amenities such as like multi-million dollar gyms. And we don't have like necessarily Starbucks on campus, you know, but the exchange for that is that the same classes that you would be taking at a four-year university, they also cost less at the community college. So I just wanted to start there to, you know, to, to just kind of like settle some misconceptions and kind of ease some concerns. But coronavirus, everyone is talking about this right now. I do think that as we're speaking, it's early April of 2020. And one of my suspicions is that we're just at the beginning of this coronavirus era. Like right now, I've been quarantined at home for a couple of weeks. I have been teaching online, um, just like many other professors at community colleges and four-year universities alike. Um, Everyone's teaching online right now. The question of how this can impact the future of of higher education or for students or for or, or enrollment, I do honestly think that more people would consider starting out at a community college. And the reason being is that right now, everybody's at home taking classes online. And literally, in many cases, the same classes that you that you would normally take at a college that, you know, maybe across the state or in another state, you're taking the same courses and you're right at home, just like the community college students are. And again, taking classes for a fraction of the price. So it remains to be seen, but I do think this fall, like we may see an increase in enrollment because more people are starting to really critically look at what community colleges have to offer. 
And due to the time to win right now, like really considering that this might be the best choice for their student at this moment. So, yeah, I do think <laughs> we're headed for an increase, <laughs> increase in enrollment. Definitely. Well, I can definitely <laughs> speak to that experience that you're speaking of as an adjunct of a community college, um, a former adjunct, I too saw the students, you know, at first you have the students who, the lower income students who were forced to go to community college, but in the end, they had an enriched education, just like someone who was at a four-year university. I think that the difference would be some of them were upset they didn't have the experiences, you know, living in a dorm and things of that nature, meeting people from all over. But when it comes mm-hmm. down to the nuts and bolts, if you're really just focused on education, this will be an experience that you will have and you will get the education that you need if that's the main goal for going to school. So yeah, I and literally, yeah, I was going to say, and literally, like, we don't know what fall semester is going to look like for any college student right now. Like, again, like, we're still really early. And I have seen some colleges mention that they were considering doing online for fall as well. Um, So all things being equal, I do think that for students who are, you know, their hearts are set on uh, attending a four-year university, like we're all going to be in the same boat in the fall anyway, which is taking online classes. And um, like we have amazing, masterful instructors that work at community colleges. So I do think like (laughs) it remains to be seen like what's going to happen in the fall, but I do think we all may kind of end up in the same boat together. That's true. That that rings true on a, a number of levels. I just read an article the other day saying how um, higher education institutions, they're basically sweating bullets and they're <laughs> silently putting things together to start <laughs> online. You know, they're they're putting things together. They're putting plans together in the event that they do have to start the school year online. Their students have to start online. And I mm-hmm. thought that was very interesting because they are looking down the line and they're probably seeing the same things that we're seeing right now, that this thing may not be over in enough time for the influx of students to come onto a campus and they're not uh, prepared. A hundred percent. I will say It was even interesting for me as a faculty member who actually did have experience teaching online before we had to make the abrupt switch to transitioning all of our face-to-face classes to online. So um, I was very fortunate that I had already had experience teaching online. But I'm going to tell you, like, it was like an order came down from from the governor about, you know, like we saw that other universities were starting to close and then it was rumblings around campus about what's going to happen. The next thing we know, like we're not having any more face-to-face classes. We had a week to get trained on like different software and to get going. And I was very fortunate that my classes are kind of a hybrid. Like my students are used to completing assignments online. It was just a matter of having our, converting our face-to-face sessions to virtual sessions. But professors all across America <laughs> we're absolutely all in the same boat, like with a week's headway, having to figure out, okay, how do I adapt? How do I transition? And basically, how do I give my students a path to completing the courses that they started with us in January, which is the most important part, right? Right. Yeah. So it was interesting, like being on the inside of that. <laughs> well, I noticed that a lot of, um, you know, hybrid classes are amazing. I will say that um, I've taken a couple of hybrid classes. And so one thing that I've noticed from the public school system and on the college level, 
a lot of instructors and students were having trouble with the online class model. I mean, especially the K through 12, that was a disaster. It has been a disaster. Those Mm -hmm. kids basically have just been pushed through till next year because it was just very chaotic. But even on the on the college side, some instructors were not very um, familiar and very astute with the online class model. So they were having difficulty as well. And um, the students that were having the difficulties, do you think it's because some people learn better when they have the in-class instruction or it was just that they didn't understand the system or the professor couldn't get it together or, you know, what's your take on that? Honestly, all the above, all the above are definitely factors. You know, I would describe myself as millennial-ish. And I say that because I was kind of born on the edge of like Generation X and Millennial. And we talk a lot about millennials being like like natives to, to digital technology. I was definitely as an instructor, like very comfortable with using the technology. And I found that a lot of times once you learn how, how to use one software, like you can kind of transition and transfer those skills over to other types of software. But I definitely had some colleagues that were less familiar with it. So it was more of a learning curve. So that was definitely one factor. But I also think that there are tons of students who, I was talking to a student I was working with last year and she's in her freshman year of college right now. So here she is second semester freshman year and you know she's away from for college and she's like, this is my first time taking an online class. I don't think I like it. I like the face-to-face interaction. Um, so some students are just going to thrive better with the face-to-face instruction. I will say like another thing that I'm thinking of too, in working at a community college, we also have the advantage of having smaller class sizes. I know that some universities like, you know, you have 100, 500 Years ago, when I taught at the University of Michigan, there were some classes that were a thousand students deep. You know, I do think that having like the close knit environment, being able to build the, the rich relationship with my students in the first half of the semester did help me to transition. And I do wonder how professors who are teaching large lecture style classes are adapting. I, I just wonder, I don't know, because um, most of my classes are less than 30, 35 students. So it's a small class environment, but definitely students do learn differently. There's some students who prefer learning in a face-to-face model. So there is, and I think sometimes we take it for granted that, you know, the students are born in the digital age. They should automatically know how to work this technology. And that's not necessarily the case. And I know some students, the way they're able to complete classes is like through using computer labs, you know? So now that campus is shut down, getting access to the technology at home sometimes is a challenge. Um, And thankfully we had resources on campus that students could actually like rent out laptops to make it smoother, a smoother transition. So like going back to the original question, I do think it's all of the above when you talk about some of the challenges and abruptly adapting to the online model. Okay. So let's pivot back a little bit to admissionisms. In admissionisms, you work with students seeking to get into college. So mm-hmm. now we're in this situation where COVID-19 or Corona, that mm-hmm. chick <laughs> is causing <laughs> chaos, yes. complete chaos. And yes. a lot of people's plans are on hold. And then students and parents don't know whether or not they need to accept, they need to put it on hold. You know, one of the things in our parent group for College and Coins, you know, I put up for parents to really think about 
you know, if their income has significantly changed as a result of this, Mm -hmm. they need to go and change their FAFSA so that the school can recalculate that financial aid so possibly their child will get more money. But even with them doing that, are they going to be able to use the money? You know, so how has that process been going for you? Are you finding parents that are a little unsettled? Um, And what about the colleges? Have you found them putting things on hold? Are they still giving out scholarships? I mean, what is that climate like? Yeah, I think parents are definitely on edge because you know, this caused like a last minute uncertainty in all of the plans, right? Like you're celebrating that your child accepted to, to, to college and you were looking at like, okay, in a few months, they're going to be leaving and we need to get them ready. And now all of a sudden everything has changed. So I have heard from parents and students alike, a lot of questions, a lot of anxiety, a lot of uncertainty. I do think for parents of seniors that are in the class of 2020, the best thing to do right now is to literally reach out to the colleges that your child has applied to and to speak directly to an admissions officer. When talking about how colleges are handling it, it really is on a case-by-case basis. If there's been a significant drop in income, which has happened to a lot of families, you know, the best resources to speak directly to the college, to let them know your concerns, your change in financial situation, and to have them address like what financial aid might look like for the upcoming year. So at least you're making decisions from an an individualized and an informed standpoint, because I don't think there's any like blanket rules to follow right now. And so the best thing to do really is to reach out to the colleges themselves. Uh, If I can also mention one of the things that I've also heard as well, consider the fact that for many colleges, financial aid comes from the college itself, right? And colleges themselves have been taking a hit to their endowments. And so they may not be able to offer as much money to incoming students as they thought they would, you know, and being flexible in recognition of all the changes that have happened to them as well. You know, we don't know what enrollment is going to look like next year. Colleges don't know. And so literally the best thing to do really is to reach out because they may be able to offer more money, but the case may be that they may not. And that may be dependent on the institution itself. So the best thing to do really is to get on the phone, pop an email in and to reach out to speak with them directly. Good stuff. So in terms of those students we just talked about were students who are looking to go to college. So how has the COVID-19 situation affected people who are already in college? Currently in college. Ooh, yes. And so for students who are currently in college, again, I do think that college administrations are having conversations internally about how to handle the future. I know for my college, one of the changes that I'm aware of so far is that faculty were told to plan to teach online through the end of summer semester. Fall semester right now, we haven't been informed about which way it's going to go. And so students are adapting on the fly to taking online courses. I know many of my students were, I don't know, like a bit anxious about summer. And, you know, I I really wanted to take face-to-face classes And now the only thing that is offered is online. So what do I do? Do I take the online classes? Do I take the summer off and maybe try to pick up again in the fall? So current college students are being faced with those choices 
right now as well. Um, and so those are some of the things that I've been hearing on the ground. Okay. And so I, I do know that a lot of college students were actually displaced, especially the ones who relied mm-hmm. on financial aid. They don't have homes per se to go to. Those students were very, very, um, they caught the fastball hard. And a yeah. lot of students on campuses, you know, they had to have um, a lot of students banded together. They started food banks you know, some yes. students let some other students live with them because they just really had no place to go. And I'm just wondering how that is going to affect them moving forward. I think one of the things that that has not been addressed so much is the psychological effects of the oh, students my gosh. so far. Um, you know, this is this 100%. is going to be mental, you know, mentally just this has mentally disturbed them and students who didn't have any place to go and who were banking on being able to stay um, on the college campus who were then just displaced and said, no, you have to go. You know, though we have yeah. that set of students and then we have the students who are going through it because they didn't get a prom. They're not having a graduation. Yeah. They don't know if they're going to be able to go yes. to school. And so now we're starting fall with uh, two sets of students. All of them are mentally challenged right now, <laughs> mentally unsettled. So this is going to be very interesting moving forward because nobody's speaking to the mental state of these students. Yeah, no, I uh, absolutely agree with that. And I'm glad you brought that up as well. That's one of, that's honestly has been one of my biggest concerns right now, right? Like my job is to help teach the course content that I was hired for. At the same time, I need to recognize that everyone has had their world kind of turned upside down, like at a moment's notice. Everything changed overnight. And I know that I personally have had conversations with students where I'm like, how are you? And like, not the blanket response, no, how are you really? You know, like, uh, how are you guys coping? How are you managing the stress? Giving uh, out information for resources we have in our community to help students. That's been like one of my top concerns. So students 100% <laughs> are going through those challenges as we all are. Let me mention that. Like as we all are with the uncertainty of just how college education is going to look, how our lives are going to look. And a lot of us, to be quite frank, are in survival mode right now. You know, I really think I, I place my students' mental health First, I I do absolutely want to help them achieve their goals in the best way possible. But sometimes that does include like giving a listening ear, you know, and I've had students ask me, how long is this going to go on? And I'm like, to be honest, I don't have any answers either. But I think what has really helped, helped all of us is to, to be able to have a conversation around it, to know that you're not the only one and to kind of get support that way. So I 100% agree. I do think there needs to be way more conversations about the mental health impact of this all. And I really do feel for, you know, my class of 2020, as well as current college students whose lives have been completely upended, you know? Absolutely. And it, it is okay to not be okay. You know, yes. for students exactly. and adults, it's okay exactly. to not be okay. Exactly. Exactly. I told one of my students who was like, you know, like I'm just having trouble focusing and concentrating. I'm like, girl, (laughs) join the club. I was like, me too. I'm like, I know you're a professor right now, but I'm human too. 
Like I'm watching the news reports just as you are. Like I'm trying my best to stay vigilant, to stay germ free. I don't want the Rona. You know, I'm worried about my family members as are you. So yeah, I can definitely like commiserate with them. And they were like, I definitely appreciate you sharing that because like, I kind of felt like, like I was the only one going through this. And I'm like, we're all going through it. All of us, all of us. Absolutely. And I, I, I know that as we move forward, everything has changed. And that, that leads into my next question about, you know, do you think education as we know it will change? But before we even get into that, things will change beyond education in my estimation, because as these businesses realize people can work from home, then they won't have as much overhead. So now they'll get rid of the buildings that they had housing all these employees. Then some businesses are not going to make it. Some businesses are going to cut staff because they feel like, well, you know, they're, they're going to be working from home so they can do more, which means we can cut our workforce, which is then going to put others out of work. And, and they're going to cut salaries because they're going to feel like, well, you know, you don't have to commute, so we don't have to pay you as much, you know. And, and I, I don't think people are looking beyond what, what it is right now. And I know a lot of people are thankful just to have a job, but then we also need to look past those jobs. You know, you're okay, you may be secure right now, but what's going to happen when things start changing, when, when it keeps going on further and these businesses start losing money, then they're going to look to shave things. And you know where that starts. It starts with people. So, (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, the question of is higher education going to change from this point forward? Absolutely. I think just like with every other industry, um, like you said, this is a whole societal shift that's going on right now. And we'll see when we emerge from, from this exactly like, how this ends up shaping up. But I agree. I do think that fundamentally, like higher education, college admissions is going to change. There's some things that have changed already. Like, for example, a lot of students um, that were looking forward, (laughs) quote unquote, to taking their SATs and ACTs, those have been canceled. And many colleges have announced in the past couple of weeks that for their incoming classes, they are waiving the SAT, ACT requirements and they're going test optional which is huge. Like a lot of schools, uh, there were there, there was a big movement for more test optional colleges and we're seeing way more schools opt into it already. And that's only been in the last few weeks, you know? So yeah, I, I do think that the nature of college admissions does stand to be shaped. I do think that more students are going to be introduced through force you know, because there's no other way to take courses right now through online models. And I do think that the way we deliver online classes to make them more interactive and more engaging, I think that's going to be a change. We may find that more students actually come to prefer taking online classes, or at least they're more flexible with with their options. I do see that as being an upcoming trend. I do wonder, as I alluded to before, how this is going to affect college endowments. And many colleges have endowments, which are basically like money they have reserved to keep the institution going. How big of a hit will some of these colleges take to their endowment, which may influence how much financial aid they actually have to offer to their incoming class of students? All of this remains to be seen, but um, I, I do 100% believe that we're going to be talking about higher education pre and post coronavirus in a few years. Like we're writing the history right now. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this was so enlightening. Thank you so much. (laughs) And how can our listeners get in touch with Dr. Kia Thomas of Admissionisms? (laughs) No, thank you so much for having me on. This was super, a super fun conversation. You can reach me. I'm on Facebook at Admissionisms. I'm also on Instagram by the same name. I do respond to DMs. If you have any specific questions about your student, please feel free to slide in those DMs and send a question like I'm more than happy to answer. Awesome. Thank you so much. College of Coins is brought to you by the Freshman Funbox brand. Until next time, check us out at collegeandcoins.com.